ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Matt. Matt, it's so good to have you back in the Launchpad. Dude, we haven't recorded in a while. This is the first time I think that we're recording since I'm a dad. Yeah, dude. Congratulations. Can, can you can you tell the audience the name of the baby? I, I've been keeping it a secret. I want to let it be you. Yeah, his name is Kent Johns Corrigan. No, that's not what we agreed on. Rumi too. You let her change the name. I thought it was going to be Paper Stock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Little, lo- I call them Launchpad. Launchpad, and then as a joke, McQuack Corrigan. <laughs> Amazing. Well, how's it being a daddy, man? It's a lot of work. No shit. He's a- <laughs> no, but it's like one of those things where you're like, oh, that'll be hard to do. And then you do it, and you're like, oh, this is like way fucking harder than hard to do made it seem. <laughs> he's a good baby. He's not even giving us that much trouble, but it is a lot of work. But he's pretty cool. You have a creature in your house that can't feed itself or clean itself up and basically can only sleep and eat. And all he wants to do, like, he only wants things right now. There's no give back. He doesn't smile. He doesn't really, he's starting, he literally is starting to look at me this week, which is kind of cool. But other than that. What a selfish jerk. I know. All, you, all, <laughs> the only time you hear from him is when shit goes wrong. It's kind of like being married. Yeah. It's pretty much like being married. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to, man? Oh, man. I've been working my ass off. I'm a little sick. If you guys can't hear, I got this sexy voice on. But it's like uh, last week was all night shoots because like when a writer writes exterior woods night, <laughs> you actually have to go shoot yeah. at night in the woods. So I've been putting in work, man. It's been late, 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 late nights. You know, we're, we're working till like three or four in the morning. Uh, it's been hot. It's been bad weather. We've had lightning delays. Uh, the frogs are going crazy out here. The bugs are going crazy out here. I am exhausted. And like, I got run down. Then you start getting sick. You know how it is when you're like, I'm sleepy. Now I'm sick. I'm just getting over that. So, but <coughs> you would think, or at least I would think if the frogs were going crazy, the bugs would kind of be quiet. Right? If you were a bug and there were frogs going ape shit, wouldn't you just be like, just stay over here in this corner, kind of be quiet. So I don't get yeah. eaten? Well, bugs are idiots. They fly into lights. They're like, hey, is the sun out? Great. Ah, I'm, I'm on fire and I'm dead. Bugs just being bugs. Bugs just being dumb bugs. Oh, man. But we're, we're getting together, recording again for the first time in a long time. Uh, to talk about a movie that just came out. People like it when we do this. People like it when we hop on and talk about movies that just came out, uh, like we did for The Predator, like we did for It, that sweet clown movie that's about to get a sequel. Okay, did you see the trailer for that? Yeah. It almost like it almost should have started like, hey, Matt, if you didn't like It Volume 1, Volume 2 has Bill Hader. I'm like, oh... Hey, hey, I was right there with you. I was not a Bill Hader fan until I started watching Barry, and now I'm all on the Bill Hader train. I actually saw him live with Dana Carvey and John Mulaney, and that was Piss Your Pants Funny. So I'll give him a second to see what he's going to do in this. But when, when you see Barry, he's an assassin who joins an acting class right. and like decides to change his life to become an actor, and it is hysterical but he plays it all super serious really straight like he'll be in an acting class doing like um true romance scenes and then be out in the parking lot like 
busting caps in people. And is he do a good it's job? Really is it really like good. as an actor in that role? He does a good job. He's incredible, and like he's the straight man in the show. Yeah, everyone around him is a moron. Like the people he works for, the the Chechnyan mob. There's this guy called Noho Hank who is hysterical and one of my favorite characters I've seen on TV in a long time. Just this completely bald, shaved eyebrows, no hair, just hilarious bad guy who just has a bright side to everything. We were we were not supposed to be talking about Barry, but I have been watching Barry. We're supposed to be talking about Godzilla. The King of the Monsters. <laughs> this is 2019. It is directed by Michael Darty, who is actually he's done he's directed some cool stuff and he's written a ton of stuff. You know this guy, right? Yeah, man, he did Trick or Treat, which was a really cool anthology, Halloween anthology movie, and he did Krampus, which I liked. I know Matt, Matt is not as big a Krampus fan as I was, but I really like Krampus. But like, he did that, and then he wrote like Superman, uh, Superman Returns, which yeah, was a big like, thumbs yeah, down for me. Yeah, but, we, you know, we won't whatever. Doubt that. But he wrote X X Men uh, Two. He wrote Krampus. He wrote Trick or Treat. He wrote some urban legend stuff, yeah. some dead time stories. So he's got he's done some cool stuff. Um, I don't know if it's enough stuff to be like here have a Godzilla movie, but they did. Well, let's do this because we we have you know like if you guys I don't know most of you guys think have been with us a while, but you know that Rumi and I don't really like talk about this shit before we do it. So all Rumi said was like, "Did you see Godzilla yet?" And I said, "Not yet. Don't tell me anything," because he saw it a couple days before I did. So let's just say one, two, three, and we'll say say how you felt about it in like two or three words. I wish you guys could okay. see Rumi's face as he tries to think of which words will succinctly explain how he feels about it. Okay. You got it? Yeah. All right, ready? One, two, three. It was a lot of fun. Arctic Atomic Boner Blast. <laughs> I, you made yours like a haiku. <laughs> <laughs> I give it a thumbs up. You give it a thumbs up? Mega thumbs up, dude. It was it was everything I wanted. Anybody bitching about this movie can go jump off a bridge. This was made up for Shin Godzilla. This made up for the last time Gareth Edwards did this sure, Godzilla. Sure. This is a Godzilla movie. I went in and I said, here are two things I know is going to happen. The people are going to be stupid and they're going to have some dumbass technology for tracking or communicating with Godzilla <laughs> or fighting Godzilla. Wow, they delivered on both of those. So it wasn't a surprise. And here's the thing I will give it mad credit for when the people were being stupid and at least they were in danger of some sort of giant monster. Yes. There was never a moment where they were just like, yo, we're going to go fuck off over here, nowhere near Godzilla while he takes a nap in the background and talk about our political aspirations. <laughs> that shit didn't happen. It was balls to the wall, giant monster fights, a little bit of stupid people stuff, but I didn't wait, care wait, because wait. it was still- Let's give this, let's be fair and honest in this review. It was a lot of stupid people stuff. Now, when I say stupid people stuff, I mean- if you took all the Godzilla and monsters out of this movie, you essentially had Geostorm. It was just a terrible, terribly directed, terribly acted, terribly written sure. bullshit shit fest. Although that being said, if you just watch the people part of this movie, that's a good shitty movie Sunday right there. It was totally enjoyable. Was it any worse than any other Godzilla movie you had ever seen? Absolutely not. As far, actually, I think it was better than most other Godzilla movies I've seen in far as the, the stupid, boring dialogue stuff because... There's a we can get into it. This is going to be spoiler filled. So if you haven't seen it yet, hit pause, go see it, then come back. Come back, but but like wait till your boner calms down because you'll be able, <laughs> you won't be able to get to the door when you're wagging that thing around. It's like oh god, oh I can't get to this door. Oh no. I love the idea that you and I, when we get boners, we wag them around. Like that's that's what you do. <laughs> with the, <laughs> he just can't <laughs> mind wagging his boner around. <laughs> uh. 
The movie's got um, a couple characters. It's got a family. It's uh, Vera Farmiga and Kyle Chandler are the husband and wife. And then uh, you got Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things and some kid, some boy. They get caught in Godzilla 2014's rampage and they lose their son. Yeah. That breaks their family apart. squished. Vera Farmiga and Millie Bobby Brown are now... Uh, in Monarch, who's like the the agency that's tracking down and classifying these monsters, Kyle Chandler basically G Force. Yep, yeah, exactly G Force. Kyle Chandler is essentially like a wildlife photographer, right? As far as we know, and it's funny because he kinda, went he went to live with the wolves. Man, kind of comes in late to play Literally. later. Like we're not sure if he always was that or if that was his escape. Yeah. It seems like that's his escape, right, from reality, is to go photograph these animals. Like. Is he on hiatus from Monarch, or was he never like? I guess he was part of Monarch. Did he quit? He never we said that though. They say him and yeah. so there's a backstory. Him and Vera Farmiga. Who can I just say I can't stand? I don't know that it's anything that's her fault, but I just can't stand her. Um, but anyway, that's my little. I like her in the Conjuring movie. Nope, nope. I mean, she's nope, she does a even. fine job. I think she just annoys me. I think it's just one of those instinctual things that, like in the wild, I would eat her. You know what I mean? Like, for no real reason. I just look at her and I'm like, nope, scarf. <laughs> I always feel like she's about to break character. Like, she's always looking like, looking at the line she's about to say. And then, like, the second her mouth opens, you're like, oh, I, I guess she's still that character. But, like, for there's all these moments where I feel like she's looking off screen like, is my coffee ready? My co- oh, uh, oh I'm a I can see that. that. I, can, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't debate that. But there's basically her and Kyle Chandler created this thing that through through what do they call it bio genome bio echo location bio amplification or something they can listen to I can't, and talk I couldn't to. even tell you I didn't care it's a stupid machine that mimics how these th- these giant creatures that in the movie calls titans talk and from them you can learn all about yep. them where they are how they're doing what their they're vital talkers. signs are and shit whatever. Kyle Chandler doesn't want to deal with it, so he goes and looks at wolves. Yeah. Vera Farmiga is working with Mothra and this this company called Monarch. Or is she? Really quickly in the movie, these terrorists kick in the door, kill fucking everybody. It's actually very brutal, right? Oh yeah. Oh man. And it's so it's it's Tywin Lannister from Game of Thrones, which mm-hmm. you don't watch, but but he's also the the doctor from Alien Three. Anybody else who's just finished watching Game of Thrones would. They'd be like, oh shit, Tywin Lannister's coming to fuck shit up. And he's like this bad eco-terrorist. And he kidnaps Millie Bobby Brown and Vera Farmiga. <laughs> the thing about that is he kidnaps them with this machine that can essentially control the Titans. So he, the first thing he does is start trying to free Monster Zero, who we know is King Ghidorah. The monarch, this company, goes and grabs Kyle Chandler and is like, hey, sorry to interrupt you fucking dancing with the wolves, but your wife and daughter have been kidnapped and also a terrorist has this machine that can fuck shit up. It's that guy from Silicon Valley who's in all the Verizon commercials, Ken Watanabe, who is a badass, and a couple other the the chick from the chick from Shape of Water. She's there. Yep, yep. She's there for a little bit till she gets stepped on. <laughs> oh, she gets eaten. Uh, I think, like, right? Okay. So, so here's something to think about. If the opening scene of the Shape of Water still holds true, and she's like, she's like rubbing one out to the thought of like sweet fish monsters. Imagine what she's doing when she's thinking about Godzilla. Godzilla yeah, yeah. <laughs> These guys are huge. Talk about wagging boners around. <laughs> but the, you know, the, so this, this is this is the plot of the movie, right? Is these humans are trying to yeah. control these things. Kyle Chandler does not think this machine should even exist. So, and now his family is captured. So he'll like, okay, you know, begrudgingly, he's like, okay, I'll help you. 
And yeah. that sets up a ton of scenes where a wildlife photographer yells at army generals and other people and tells them what to do with absolutely no credentials or background. He's allowed in everywhere in the world and he just tells everyone what to do. Continually, he's like, my family's down there. And they're like, oh, we'll take that into consideration. It's like the all the resources of the entire monarch organization, which is infinite because they're building ridiculous. Like, That's what I was thinking. Who is funding these strongholds? People? They got Deep Star Six labs underneath that have Muto severed heads Everywhere. as well as like Godzilla studying yep. capabilities. But here's the thing. I don't care because that person looks like they have enough money to make a Mecha Godzilla. So oh, I, I know, dude. I thought that it. too. <laughs> I will roll with it. So, so they're going all over the place, and like it's literally this ultimate resourced army, like independent army, going after this little girl and her mom to try and save them. When it's like, dude, when you got Godzilla, when you got. 17 monsters destroying the world. I'd be like, look, dude, fuck your kid. Well, to and be fuck fair, they're wife. trying we to save other them problems. because they have this machine and they're ostensibly being forced to help operate this machine that will control the titans, right? The monsters. And they don't want the terrorists right. to have that. But. Well, and here's the fucking rub. Why, why don't you. This is a huge. Well, I think it's a big spoiler because I did not see this coming. But, Rumi, why don't you say what, what I'm I saying? I love this. Yeah, I do too. I love this. So, this was actually a really cool twist for the stupid people bullshit. So. Uh, what, what Wolfman, what's his name? What are we calling that guy, Kyle? Uh, Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves. Okay, so Dances with Wolves, wildlife photographer, fucking Natural Geographic. That's what we're going to call him, Nat Geo over here. <laughs> so Nat Geo is down there being like, we got to find my wife. We got to find my daughter. We got to find my wife. Nobody knows where she is. She could be anywhere. And all of a sudden, they're like, we have a transmission coming in. Boop, 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 boop. And then it's her. And she's like, hey, I'm right behind you, idiot. And he's like, God damn. And then she's like, guess what? I'm a villain too. I'm a super villain and I've been pulling the strings the whole time. And I took my daughter and we're going to like destroy the earth and b level it and turn it back into what it was meant to be ruled by the Titans. And I was like, oh, dang. She's racial ghouling the shit out of Godzilla world is what she's doing, right? She yeah, wants the Titans totally. to come back to kind of flatten humanity and start from scratch. And this is told in what is one of my favorite things in the stupid bullshit plot of this movie the stupid human bullshit, is every time a character starts talking about something, there is an accompanying automatic PowerPoint presentation that starts and ends and pauses at all the right times. Like, she's talking about how overpopulation and crowding and pollution, and as she's talking to Nat Geo and all these army people and the army outpost, there is video footage of, like, overpopulation and pollution and shit, which means that at some point these terrorists like made this video and it happens a right? lot it happens multiple times multiple times and it's like just off screen Tywin Lannister's looking at him he's like good job with the PowerPoint Vlad right, he's like, really slide, killed it with slide. those graphics <laughs> <laughs> go 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 next slide it happens oh, numerous it. times and multiple characters do it but this is actually pretty cool because the 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 Tyrion Lannister Tyrion Lannister is that his name Tywin Taiwan yeah. Ty Taiwanese food Lannister is He's brutal. Like, he kills a couple unarmed scientists who have their hands in the air with headshots. Oh, and fucking shit. You up. really feel for Millie Brown, uh, Millie Brown and Vera Farmiga for a minute because you think that they're like, they're on this plane, the plane lands. You can't just use her two names, Matt. What? You got to use all three. You got to use all three. Millie Bobby Brown. I'm going to call her MBB. <laughs> no, I'm going to call her 11. 
She, you know, they literally, they land a plane, they get out of the plane, and they just shoot everybody that's outside this research facility. And uh, the mom says to the daughter, remember, like we talked about, just look straight ahead, just look straight ahead. And you're like, oh, damn, these people are in a terrible situation. They're being forced to do shit. And then you're like, oh, fuck, she's in on it. And I told, did you see that coming? She's in on it. Did you suspect it for a second? No, not at all. I thought she was being coerced into it. I didn't think she was the string pole and mastermind Rachel Gould. I had Rachel one Gould moment where, where right before they set up the thing they're going to do to King Ghidorah, had the, he's locked, King Ghidorah is locked in ice and they're going to use her to help him break break out of the ice somehow because of her fucking machine. Which is baller. Whatever. But yeah. like, she does seem to be beep boop bopping buttons without them threatening much and I was like, I could have used a scene right now where they put a gun to Eleven's head and said, hey, you have to beep boop beep because, but she seems to have be helping them pretty, pretty easily is what I thought. And then, bam, double reversal. And they seem to know all the beep boops that she needs to bop <laughs> to be able to do this. <laughs> That's true. You know, one of the, the strengths of this movie, and really one of my only critiques of the last Godzilla movie, Godzilla uh, 2014 with Gareth Edwards, was there wasn't enough Godzilla, there wasn't enough monsters. There is monsters every couple minutes in this movie, and they're doing good stuff. And I think it's very much computer-generated, you know, video game cutscene stuff. But that's, I mean, what did you expect it to be? All in the rain, all surrounded by sure. like haze and smoke and ash and sparks. Hard to see the monsters, but... But I feel like they used it to their best, they used it to their best mm-hmm. ability. And I feel like in the last one, Agreed. we didn't see enough. In this one, there's plenty of fighting. There's some really cool battles. There's some cool alliances. It's actually interesting, because in this movie, you kind of go back to uh, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster from 1964, and you have the same monster lineup. You have Godzilla, you have Mothra, you have Rodan, and you have King Ghidorah, although their alliances are somewhat changed from that movie. Um, Rodan is badass in this movie, no? Fucking Rodan it has, like, fire burning from the edges of his wings. He comes out of a volcano. He flaps his wings and just ruins a town. Like, he is badass. He's fighting F-16s, doing these barrel rolls, and just slapping them out of the sky with his wings. I mean, but but I want to talk about the first giant fight. Go for it. And this is when we see when we see there you know she blows up the ice and the ice is cracking and the army's trying to escape and they're getting on different helicopters and like shooting at each other and the ice is collapsing. King Ghidorah comes out and he spreads his wings and lightning yellow lightning's flashing everywhere. He's smashing helicopters out of the sky. They're super fucked. They're about to get roasted and all of a sudden Boom! Godzilla shows up, lets out that roar. I got goosebumps. They ran into each other and just started brawling it out. And I was like jumping out of my seat. My wife's like, it's going to be okay. I promise it's going to be okay. Like it was, what an intro. Because I feel one of the biggest like missteps of the Gareth Edwards one from 2014, right? Mm -hmm. Is um, when they first showed uh, Godzilla and they panned up his giant body and he was looking so badass and then they cut just before he roared like bullshit boo yeah 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 boo and the whole movie had to make that up to me that you took away that intro this brought him back made him just that just just jump into that fight swing and it was so and it's a bald. good fight you, it sets off right away and the whole movie starts to play with the fact that these two are apex predators who have been at each other's throats for literally centuries um, and probably have mm-hmm. battled for dominance so 
even if you've never, I mean, people like you and I, people like you guys listening, you guys know these fran- this franchise, you know these characters, you know that King Ghidorah is the Godzilla heavy, he's the heavy of heavies, you know? But if you haven't ever watched a Godzilla movie before, I feel like this movie does a good job setting up that this monster is different than the ones in the last movie, it's going to be different than the other monsters you see in this movie, he is going to be the bad guy. And this fight does them justice without blowing too much going in, you know, without blowing too much at the beginning of the of the film. It's a really good fight scene. It ends without, you know, a clear victor, so to speak. I was excited. The one thing that I was bummed about, and it's the only thing that I really mark against this movie, I love the Godzilla roar, right? They made it new. Yeah. They made it updated, but it definitely is the old roar. There's a lot of great music cues in the movie that are go back to all the way to 1954. Godzilla's music. You a want a fun fact them. here? Yeah, go for it. This is Bear McCreary who did this, and he is the same composer who does Walking Dead. Oh, that's pretty cool. That nice job. Yeah, maybe we could. Maybe we should get him on the we show. Should. You want to try to get him on the show? Well, yeah. All right, call him. Well, he got there's you know there's when, there's two or three Mothra sound cues like uh, or, or musical mm-hmm. cues which I thought was great. Um, and I love the updated sounds of Godzilla. And when Ghidorah was breaking out of the ice, I was like, oh, I can't wait to hear the updated roar. And Because the, they have that, like, cackling, you know, thing that the three heads do. And I was yeah. really bummed that it just sounded like roars. It didn't sound like a Ghidorah roar. Godzilla's roars and sounds sound like Godzilla's. You know what I mean? Different. Yeah. I thought I thought Godzilla, Ghidorah, and Rodan's all their noises sounded very similar in this, which I was a little bummed about. And uh, Ghidorah, yeah. you guys know, Ghidorah has that bitchin' lightning attack that can come from any or all of the heads. And it's you yeah. know it zaps the shit out of everybody in all the old ones. In this one, it's almost like a disintegrator ray. When he hits people and buildings and shit, they just fall apart. <laughs> but there's there's Fucking literally cool. almost no noise, which I thought was kind of an interesting choice. But that said, the 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 noises that I grew up listening to those cackling. Dude, actually, I was listening yeah. to techno music on the way home, and there was a song that had like a better sounding Ghidorah cackle in it than was in the movie i tried to find the name of it but i couldn't because i almost crashed the old godzilla movies were very operatic where like everybody had a theme and Uh everybody had sound cues that really uh let you know that this guy was in the house and i i think they did that with the music for sure i think they definitely did that but i don't think they did that as much with the sound effects per se of like what i mean yeah godzilla had his roar and he was very godzilla but you're right mothra didn't have that distinct little chirp noise and rodan they all sounded not what you would expect the sound sounded good like not to shit on anybody's work it just wasn't the yeah, sound. Yeah, at least I it wasn't stupid. Hear. Like the heads popped out and they were like, meh, poopy. You're like, oh no. The one thing I did think was stupid, though, was the visual cue of anytime anybody was going to shoot a, a projectile or a long distance weapon, they lit up and you could see it. It was a progress indicator of how close that monster was to spitting out fire. Going to shoot you now. Going to shoot you and closer even now. Godzilla, especially Almost now. At the end, Almost went, ready. Voop, 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 voop. It's like, uh, I mean, I understand what's happening. I don't know if that was... He's charging up. I don't. I kind of like the idea of the spikes lighting up as he was getting ready to do it, because that's a, the old ones did that. But it didn't start with the tip of his tail and go, voop, 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 <laughs> This movie... I mean, it was a good ultimate It was tech. extremely ham-fisted. I don't remember, even in a shinny movie, Sunday movie, I don't remember a movie smacking me across the face with exposition 
as hard as this movie did. There were scenes that they literally like didn't know how to get out of, so they were just like, "This conversation is over," and then the movie would the next thing would be like, there'd be like someone would be like, "It's almost as if the two monsters are communicating." I know, I'm fucking watching it. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> I've seen a movie before. Yeah. Well, the people were stupid, but I couldn't have been bothered by any of that because I went in being like, nothing these people say is going to affect me. They are fucking morons. They're going to get... Here's my favorite part. Since it's kind of a what have you been watching, I've been watching Chernobyl, which okay. is an awesome show on HBO about the the nuclear disaster at Chernobyl. And from watching that and watching other Godzilla movies, I'm like, all these people who are like high-fiving Godzilla for being such a badass because he's helping the humans now, they're all dying of cancer in the next two weeks. All of them are melting from the inside. Millie Bobby Brown is going to be a puddle of flesh and blood on a hospital cot within three days. She is way too close to a nuclear radiation monster. Yeah, I think that's true. They mention radiation a lot. (laughs) Someone dies of, of, I guess, well, he doesn't die of that, but he walks into a nuclear situation uh to sacrifice in atlantis apparently which is awesome kind of cool at first i was like dumb but then i was like wow that's kind of a bitch in place it was all like a god underwater godzilla city that was like you can see aquaman pedaling by in the background (laughs) (laughs) ken watanabe yeah being a badass there uh going out like a champ but my favorite thing about near the end of this movie when they get to Boston and the final fight is at Fenway Park. How bitchin' cool is that? It is It is bitchin' cool. They get to Boston and Godzilla overloads and we get overload radiation Godzilla like in Destroya, which was fucking yeah, awesome. The, the Destroya one, you can't top that one design-wise or, or implementation-wise, no. but this was awesome. He gets a couple new powers, including like a 360 degree, 365 degree like radiation blast kind of deal, which is pretty cool. Yep. Um, he looks cool. It's It definitely fits. It, 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 you know, this the one good thing about this one is actually, if you watch, if you go back and watch, you know, vintage classic Godzilla movies, there's only a couple monster fights in each movie. This one has a ton of monster fights, and Ghidorah and Godzilla clash at least three times that I can think of in this movie. Yeah. So I think that def- definitely does a great job of, of saying, hey, this is going to be the climax. This is where we're throwing it all on the table, and it's going to be different than the other fights we've seen. And it is it is pretty bitchin'. And I think that Ghidorah was a pretty good uh, antagonist in this. He's got some cool powers. Did you like... Uh, he is Godzilla in the second fight rips one of the heads off, and for a couple yeah. minutes, you know, then the fight ends. A couple minutes, Ghidorah is flying around doing shit with just a a dingling limp dick head fl- or neck flopping around, <laughs> and then a new head <laughs> comes out like uh, Jeepers Creepers style. Did you like that or no? Yeah, I thought it was really cool because uh, I was like, I don't want him running around with a floppy neck head now. I wanted him to have three heads the whole movie. Uh, I wanted him to have three heads the whole movie. And I thought that would have been cool as a way to, in the final fight, have that happen. And I was like, oh, they kind of blew their load. That would have been a cool design if, for halfway through the last fight, he's got one neck dangling. That would be pretty badass. And then it would lend itself to Mecha King Ghidorah later. But then he just grows a new head somewhere. No problem. And I was like, oh, I guess that's a cool power to have. But eh, if you're so goddamn powerful, grow some arms, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but how about at the end of the movie did you stay to after the credits when uh, yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. hoping they're teasing mecha mecha Ghidorah? yep um so at the very end of the movie we see tywin lannister show up he's all like i'm still a bad guy remember forgot about me didn't you and um he goes to this like fishing village and they're like you can have it you know for a good price and he's like i'll take it and it's the head that got ripped off by godzilla and uh, it's on the ground, and I'm like, oh, man, I hope Ghidorah he uses head. that and builds 
yeah, I hope he uses that to turn uh, into a Mecha King Ghidorah. That would be the sickest thing. Or what if he reverse engineers it and makes those little dumplings instead from uh, the time travel Godzilla movie? No. You know what I'm talking about? What yeah, little the little called? little critters. I can't remember. Dumplings. Let's what were those little... Dumplings. Little they were little dumplings. King Ghidorah yeah, little popples, like teddy bears. The little popples, but then they turn into King Ghidorah when they get hit with the radiation yeah, blast. Yeah, through time streams and shit. That scene, the cut scene at the <laughs> end is fun because it's... um. Uh, whatever Game of Thrones head walks in and they're like oh come this way they bring him into this like fishing warehouse bullshit and they turn the lights on and when they turn the lights on the point of view is from over it's almost as if camera is hovering over the thing that they're looking at so audience can't see it but there's a bunch of random fishermen and wharf workers in that room staring at the thing that we're about to be revealed they're staring at it like intensely and we see Lannister's face get all excited and then it shows you you know the reverse angle of what they're looking at and it's a decrepit you know decaying fly covered King Ghidorah head but that means that all those fishermen were standing in that dark fucking warehouse until (laughs) Lannister walked in which means the guy that walked him in said hey all you guys just kind of stand in here you can look at the head if you want it's interesting but I'm going to turn the lights off and when he turns, when I come in, I'm gonna turn the lights on. Just kind of keep doing what you're doing, okay? <laughs> Should we say surprise? He's like, it's not a surprise no, party. No, it's not a party. <laughs> Should we say surprise? It's not a surprise party. That'd be awesome if, when the Blu-ray comes out. There's deleted scenes, and one extra keeps going. Surprise! Like cut <laughs> and action. Kachunk! Lights go on. Surprise! <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, did you see during the credits they had a bunch of stuff about Kong Skull Island teasing that? There's another Mothra egg that they found, so we'll, we'll see Mothra again. Yeah, it was really cool. What do you think of Mothra? I thought Mothra was really cool. I thought they did the best job with Mothra that they could do. They updated the design so that instead of just having a couple little legs sticking out of the bottom, she's got like actual pinchers, almost like Praya Mantis kind of arms, which she uses in a fight yeah. against Rodan and some other times, which is cool. Which is cool. And, and still sticks, yeah. you know. It sticks with the the design of what a moth would look look like. My problem is it's still a fucking moth. What the hell is a moth? Like I I remember as a kid when I was like, oh Godzilla and his you know essentially his his rogues gallery and you know ally yeah. gallery. You're like a moth. How is that even gonna be worth a movie? And actually, Mothra has been in some great movies, but why wasn't it? I know there was eventually a Batra, but why wasn't it Batra or Pterodactylta. Why Mothra? Who gives a fuck? Like, what, a moth? I've always been a Mothra <laughs> fan. In Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, giant monsters all, all out of attack. Yes. When you have, yeah, when you have ghosts and, like, Mothra comes out of the fire and the wings are on fire, that's badass. Yes. I thought the wings were a little big to do anything interesting in this movie because, like, you'd be like, how do you get that giant wingspan anywhere near what you're trying to do but they made it work and they even did these weird little nods i'm super glad they didn't try and explain this because it would have been the most like yeah i know i know i I already know where you're going go ahead rodan and king Ghidorah basically beat up mothra and kill her and she lands on godzilla and like sends some like soothing dust onto him and it heals him and that happens in a lot of Godzilla movies where like Rodan dies on Godzilla and gives him the super atomic red death ray and like Mothra has healing powers with her dust stuff I'm so glad they didn't cut to like Millie Bobby Brown or or fucking Nat Geo being like 
you see the healing powers of Mothra can be used for good too. And they'll be like, shut, the, don't even try to explain. Look, that's the one thing they know, didn't try the, to explain yeah. in this movie. They should, I, w- I oh. would have liked it better if they did. I, I go against you. I would have been better if he was like, <laughs> ah, she subatomicalized oh. her particles. That way she could, uh, they already tried to explain the stupid geolocation communication echo. What do they, they kept calling it Orca or echo? Orca, Orca. Uh, Orca was the name of the machine that replicated. Yeah. Well, they kept trying to explain that stupid fucking thing. I was like, I get it. You don't need to explain how it works. I get it. It communicates with the monsters. I'm done. I got it. You don't need to, like, they kept trying to expand on how it worked and what they needed to do to make it work. I'm like, just press buttons and show the graphic. I get it. You don't need to tell me why it's working. I don't need to know everything about it. God, yeah, that the people stuff was so silly. But like, again, I've seen a Godzilla movie. Every Godzilla movie has a stupid piece of technology used for tracking, fighting, or communicating. Bioacoustics, that's what it was called. Bioacoustics. Bioacoustics. And they even explained, <laughs> you can even get the monster's vitals from that. Okay, good. Oh, good. Yeah, I was wondering how you were doing that. There was a time in the movie where they needed to say that one of the monster's heart rates was elevated. And they couldn't figure out, like, someone in the writer's room was like, wait a minute, how would the people in that ship know that? And they were like, oh, well, the sound machine also can read vital signs. All right, fine. (laughs) Just sank Ken Watanabe out there in a little thermometer submarine and just ram right up his butt. That's that's how you get a vital. Like he said, little thermometer. Like, it would be just a little tiny one. (laughs) Whoops, stick it in there. It's the itty bitty one. Yeah, it's the same, it's a human size one. It's just (laughs) in Godzilla's butt. Think of, you know, like when uh, you go to the hospital or the doctor's office and you get your temperature taken, they have that little like condom that they put the thermometer in so that they don't have to wash it. Yeah. Think of the size of the the thermometer condom that you need for a Godzilla anal thermometer. (laughs) (laughs) It would be like a Macy's Day float is what you'd need to use, right? One of those fucking things in the in the used car parking lot that's like woo, woo, <laughs> flopping around with its its hands in the air Godzilla with a fan likes in to it. get his temperature taken then. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm so glad you like this movie. I wish we saw it together because I'd be high fiving the shit out of you the whole time. Oh man, I was looking for high fives. It was good. It was, I really was liked, I like the world building that they did. It was, I mean, I don't know what else, really, From and, and this is coming from me, I don't know what else you could want from a Godzilla movie. And it's everything I wanted. And, I, you know, right now I saw that, I don't know who made the Warner Brothers made this, and they're apologizing, hey, we know some things didn't come out right. No, you you made a Godzilla movie. Why do, why do you have to apologize for a movie you made? Everyone makes shitty movies <laughs> all the time. Who's apologizing? Yeah, go watch any other Godzilla movie. You did no worse than any of them. In fact, I think you did better than a big handful of them because it was a the movie kept moving. It was moving fast. I agree. It kept getting to the fight scenes when the people were talking about their stupid echolocation bullshit. They were still in danger from the monster and like holding on to their chairs because they were getting rocked by Rodan. Like shit was happening and it was interesting. So, you know, fine. They can blibber babber jabber jabber about anything they want as long as the monsters are dangerous and shit is getting fucked up somewhere close by. And you did. Nailed Rumi, it. For Done. those of you Thank who you. don't know, Rumi didn't like in 2014 Godzilla, Gareth Edwards Godzilla. Godzilla and the Mutos would be fighting in one spot and then it would cut to humans who are far away from that situation. Yeah. So, hey, what if Godzilla shows up? It like, <laughs> doesn't matter. He's in a different state. <laughs> then why do we care? I call it the Godzilla yes. 
proximity give a shit ratio. <laughs> and by that ratio, he's saying if the people are not close to Godzilla, physically speaking, what who what do you care about what they're talking about? In this movie, there was a very tight Godzilla proximity ratio because most of the time, these people were in a plane that was being chased by Rodan or on the ground in a vehicle that was getting knocked around as two monsters fought, which I thought was very much like Universal Studios ride feeling, and I didn't like it as yeah. much. But I gave a shit. Like, I was interested in what was happening. It was exciting. Like you said, it's it's a, it's a disaster movie. Or they're in a submarine looking for Godzilla, which isn't as exciting, and you're starting to lose me, but at least it's... At least it's driven by the plot is driven by Godzilla, not by the stupid people. Sure. Like in well, like think about all the Godzilla movies where it's like some reporter trying to get the best scoop ever. And you're like, I don't give a fuck about your newspaper. I don't give a fuck about your career. I hope you get caught for plagiarism and it's a disgrace. Get the fuck out of this movie and let Godzilla do his job. That's most Godzilla movies. It's true. It's true. If 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 I had a magic wand and I could fix this movie, if I could change it, I would change that sound thing that I said and make the monsters sound like updated versions of themselves and maybe make some of the fights during the day so it would be a little bit more clear. But other than that, sure. I mean, what I would else make did the people want? say this I would make the people say the same shit just sound less fucking stupid when they were doing it. No, I like that because it was like, shitty movies. Oh, the only thing I would do is change the lip sync so that it would look funnier like the old ones used to. I would buy the fuck out of that yeah. movie. Oh my God. Can we have a special release Blu-ray where somebody just dubs their voices? It's still in English. Yeah, just, just dub them. Be the like, same lines and everything but just dub it relatively close to what they're saying but not exactly. Yeah, and, and just so their mouth is slightly off. Yeah, I would love that. And 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 have have a the voice cast be all Asian people so that it sounds like they're translating from a movie that used to be in Japanese. So you just have a just that one little bit of racistness in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little, you know, little insensitivity just right, to just yeah, to make just it feel like an authentic it. so that when like you were going to laugh at it you're like is it okay to laugh at this in front of like Asian people or am I not allowed to? Yeah. Just enough. Just to make oh, a question. I just I mean, I just want it to be as authentic as possible and I think the the slid Lip sync would be perfect. Matsuda, yeah, Matsuda. Matsuda. Oh, did you see that they went to the when they went to the Mothra like temple? There was carvings of like the little girls and, and yes, stuff. Yes, did there. you also notice that the scientist was a twin? They were she was from a family of twins. Yeah, look at Rumi's face as a realization. There's a and I read somewhere that there were deleted scene. There was supposed to be a deleted end credit scene where they go to the Mothra temple and see a new set of twins singing the Mothra song. It was specifically I think it was a nod, like an updated almost like a Now are you wait, 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 wait. For real? Or absolutely, are you fucking with absolutely. me because no, you abso- do that? Remember I forget I forget in what context. No, a hundred percent a hundred percent real. There was uh okay. in what context there was they there was a picture that one of the women, it was an Asian female scientist, was showing. And in it, it showed her and her twin sister surrounded by other family members, and they were multiple sets of twins. And I think it was making a nod, because she was the one who was studying Mothra. I think it was making a nod that like her and her family are almost like ancient Mothra protectors, so to speak. You know what I mean? Which I think was a nod to those the little girls in the thing. She was a regular size A great tie-in without having... Yeah, great tie-in without having like miniature women. I, I like that. Oh, if I had a magic wand to go back and change two things, I would change the sounds and put those little women back in there. I like them. I like <laughs> put, them. Put them in their little bird cage. Yep. 
Um, so what did you think of the other monsters they showed that didn't really fight? They had a Mutos, they had this weird like squid spider thing and a giant like mammoth. Bumped. What'd you think of those guys? A little bummed. This weird squid thing, I think, is supposed to be a nod to Gareth Edwards' movie Monsters. Did you see that? Yes. I think that was supposed it to is. be that or a nod to that, which I think is kind of cool. But all the other monsters, it was cool to have a Muto because that ties it into the first movie. But I would have liked to see Titanus, King Caesar, you know, um, who else? Baragon, um, Ang- Angulus, Angiris, whatever his name is. Angiris, I think. Come I would have on, liked- Angiris. Yeah. <laughs> I w- what do you want? I w- <laughs> That's my favorite one of the whole fucking franchise. I would have loved to see more of the monsters that we know. And I, you know, I'm not holding it against them that they didn't show that, but I wish that, I, I personally wish I would have seen some more flavor that I'm used to, you know what I mean? Oh my God. If they had just, if they had just had a moment where they showed a little kid like on the floor playing with toys, looking at a TV, like being freaked out and he was holding a jet Jaguar, oh, yeah. I would have been, oh, that would have been, they, there was no, like, come on, can we get a jet Jaguar, please? Uh, if it makes you feel better, um, Willem Dafoe wore a jet, a green jet Jaguar costume in... Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Overall, mega thumbs up. Keep making the movies like this. Like you can make it better, sure. If you want to make it better, make it better. But like this to me has been the best American Godzilla movie by far. And in the whole series, a pretty high up offering. Like a lot of monster fights, amazing visual effects, big battles. I I, th- I think it holds up with the whole series. I think it fits up high up there for me. I agree. I think I like this one more than I liked 2014 Gareth Edwards. If this makes sense. Way more. I think the Gareth Edwards one was a better movie. It made more sense. It was a better film. This one was way more fun. Way more of a Godzilla film. Maybe that's it. Godzilla movies are not great movies, but they're supposed to be fun. No. They're supposed to be cheering and laughing and having a good time, and that's what this one definitely was. Definitely. I would say if you're a Godzilla yep. fan, especially if you're a Godzilla fan, you're not going to be let down by this. I don't see how you could be. No. It was amazing. I was so into it. I walked out super pumped, super jazzed. Could not wait to uh, talk to you about it, man. So I'm glad you got to see it. I'm glad we got to talk about it here. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen it, go check it out. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, starring the guy from Varsity Blues, the woman that me and Aaron both don't like for some unpinnable reason, um, a girl from the Upside Down. Who else? Uh, that guy that you've, Bradley Whiteford, who you know, or Bradley Whitford, you know him from a bunch of stuff. You just don't know what you know him from. Um, yeah, he was in all those movies. And then, uh, and then fucking Ken Watanabe. Yeah, he's like a character of himself for me. I, he doesn't do anything for me. He's not bad, but he's not good. But, I mean, he was so awesome in Last Samurai, so. Yeah, I guess so. I'm, I'm still, still, anytime I see him, I was like, man, you were so good in that movie. Way better than Tom Cruise. <laughs> well, check it out. Godzilla Rumi, it was good. To, uh, what have you been watching with you? Yeah, man. Good times. Let's do this again soon. Guys, let us know what you've been watching. Keep up with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod and our website, LaunchpadPod.com. We have some more awesome stuff coming up next week. We'll be talking to Three Panel Crimes creator Tony Fabro. 
Uh, he's does this amazing thing on Instagram called Three Panel Crimes, and there are these cool little stories, and I think you should check it out because you might recognize some of the characters in his most recent Three Panel Crime, but more on that later. Until then, Matt, let's blast this thing off. <laughs> All right, guys. Till next time, we're the Rocketeers. This is the Launchpad Podcast, and we're out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three.